Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Happy New Year. Great to have you with us. Just last week, we found out that Chinese dictator Xi Jinping told Joe Biden at their ultra-secret private San Francisco summit that we'll eventually be watching China take over Taiwan. I'm sure Biden then bowed and nodded his head to the news from his master, and just after that meeting, China accused the U.S. of violating their sovereignty because our Navy ships were in the South China Sea. To take up all of this and much more, we turn now to geopolitical expert and author Gordon Chang. Gordon, great to have you with us. Happy New Year. Let's start in Asia with a bellicose remarks coming out of Beijing, talking about U.S. ships, U.S. Navy ships violating Chinese sovereignty. Your thoughts? Yes, this comes right after the November 15th summit that Xi Jinping had with uh, President Biden, where supposedly, according to Biden, things were going very well with China. Um, What Beijing is referring to is the Gabriel Giffords, which is a U.S. Navy littoral combat ship, which sailed close to Second Thomas Shoal in the South China Sea. Second Thomas is part of the Philippines, um, clearly within the Philippines' exclusive economic zone, but China claims it. And around Second Thomas, over the last, let's say, two or three months, there have been uh, extraordinary Chinese activity. And this has been um, dangerous. Um, The United States has tried to warn China. It has slowly ramped up our military presence there. Um, But obviously, our tactics are not working because China is moving very fast to take over Second Thomas and related shoals and reefs. And at this point, not not a no administration has tried to stop them. 
certainly uh, blocking their development of those islands uh, and others in, in disputed territories uh, in the South China Sea. Give us give us your sense of, uh, of what this means. Uh, have they selected a, a new strategy uh, or are they accelerating an old one? What is happening in the mines and the uh, in, in the halls of uh, the capital of Beijing? Well, China has um, territorial claims on the South China Sea. They go back to 1947, which is uh, when Chiang Kai-shek was ruling uh, China. Um, but clearly, Beijing has started to change tactics recently. So, for instance, they have switched um, away from Taiwan with these um, circumnavigation by ships and planes, and they've moved uh, hard against Manila. And, and we have seen this at uh, Scarborough Shoal, Second Thomas Shoal, and now Whitson Reef. Um, basically, what's going on, and this is ominous, um, we don't have a legal obligation to defend Taiwan. But we do have a legal obligation to defend the Philippines, a 1951 mutual defense treaty. So what Beijing is basically doing is saying that uh, they do not respect the United States. They don't respect Joe Biden. Um, and so, therefore, they're going to pressure the Philippines. And, and interestingly, is there is there really any real commitment on the part of this administration? This is an administration that doesn't honor the Constitution doesn't follow law, uh, is unlawful in most of it, seriously, in most of its activities and its initiatives, uh, would it be a surprise to anyone if Joe Biden decided not to honor a treaty uh, of military support, requiring military support from the United States for the Philippines? At this point, you know, nothing's a surprise because the world is in turmoil and the United States has got to choose where we're going to defend. Um, What's happened, um, Lou, if I can just back up a little bit to give some context. Um, China was ramming Philippine vessels at, sec at Second Thomas Shoal um, in early October. Um, President Biden actually gave an oral warning um, when the Australian prime minister visited the White House. And Biden said that the United States was prepared to use force to discharge our obligations to the Philippines under that mutual defense treaty. Well, the Chinese just ignored him because they then uh, continued their course of provocative activities. They then started to use water cannon on Philippine boats. And now we see um, China swarming Whitson Reef, which is not far by, also in the southern portion of the South China Sea. So clearly Beijing is ignoring American warnings, which means deterrence has broken down. Um, you know, we don't know what Biden's response will be. We have seen the U.S. Navy um, start to um, show the flag at Second Thomas. They did that with overflights uh, of U.S. vessels uh, during provocative Chinese activities. Now we've got uh, that littoral combat ship that sailed close by. But we don't know what Biden would do. Um, and uh, the Chinese, I think, obviously feel that he's not going to do anything. So regardless of what we're going to do, the important thing is what the Chinese think we're not going to do. And that really is driving events. And the number of disputed islands and claims, whether it's uh, Vietnam, whether it's the Philippines, uh, there are a lots, there are lots of disputed uh, islands uh, in, in the sea. 
and and China is simply doing nothing, disregarding all of it and moving straight ahead. There are no court proceedings that I'm aware of, international court proceedings. There is no effort to negotiate. This is uh, bullheaded straight ahead. Uh, take what you will. Yes. And, you know, um, this goes back to early 2012. Um, and the reason I mention this is because Biden was vice president in the Obama administration, and he was considered to be the foreign policy advisor to the president. Well, in 2012, um, at Scarborough Show, also part of the Philippines, very close to the main Philippine island of Luzon and very far away from China, um, the Obama administration actually brokered a deal between Manila and um, Beijing for the Chinese to withdraw their craft from Scarborough Shoal. Now, um, this was a U.S. deal. Um, the Chinese dishonored it. They kept their vessels there. The Philippines actually honored it, um, and that left China in possession of Scarborough. And the Obama administration refused to enforce that deal. And so I think China learned from that, that they could do what they want. And the reason why that's relevant today is because shortly after seizing Scarborough, they then started to fortify those islands in the, in the Spratly chain, which is where Second Thomas is. They then ramped up pressure on Second Thomas Shoal, which is where there are problems today. And they started to go after the Japanese in the East China Sea at the Senkakus, which the Chinese claim as the Dalyus. So China just went out and made the problem bigger. They got away with it in 2012. They obviously think they can get away with it in 2023. Obviously. And let's continue this on the other side of these quick words, folks. We'll be right back. We're talking with Gordon Chang about both Asia uh, and we're also going to bring up the little matter uh, of what is happening uh, in uh, in Tokyo, in the Philippines, uh, and throughout the Indo-Pacific. And then we'll leap over to the uh, Hamas war uh, against Israel. Uh, we'll be right back. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We're back with Gordon Chang, and we want to talk about now, Gordon, if we may, let's turn to what I think is a remarkable statement by the uh, Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, in which publicly he admonished the Israelis for their their war strategy uh, and basically said that they had made the mistakes 
And I have never seen a Secretary of Defense treat an ally the way he did. Absolutely. And and really what we're talking about here is a war which is existential for Israel. Israel is a friend. It's a democracy. It was attacked on October 7th. Iran has continued those attacks through Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Houthi militia. And this is a fight that we have to win. Um, and I think it should be Israel that determines what they're going to do because it's their country. The United States should support it. Um, unfortunately, we have a lot of pro-Iran elements in the State Department and in the National Security Council. So we have an administration that from the very beginning, Lou, was off key. Because if you remember, right after the attacks on the 7th of October, the reaction of the State Department was it called for a ceasefire, um, which was absolutely wrong. You know, everybody wants peace, but the problem was that Israel was just attacked, brutally attacked, and um, Israel has got to eliminate Hamas if it's going to have peace. Um, and so they were just the wrong instincts throughout this administration, whether we're talking Defense Department, State Department, NSC, or Oval Office. This administration, this regime, if you will, is befuddling in its ineptitude uh, and its policies. To think that Lloyd Austin would say what he did, I, I just he would never have said that about uh, the Zelensky government. Uh, there's never been a statement, uh, an analog of any kind to what he said. What is what makes Israel different that they would uh, condescend uh, to our greatest ally in the Middle East in that fashion? I hate to say it, but the answer to your question is anti-Semitism. Um, there uh, is a large block of the Democratic Party coalition that is anti-Semitic. And um, this has been clear um, as we see the reactions of the administration to the attacks on Israel. That's the only explanation that I can come up with, um, because what Lloyd Austin said and what other administration officials said um, clearly could only have been motivated by a pro-Iranian um, government. I, I think you're exactly right. And uh, Iran is just not mentioned in, in, in the calculus that is the Israel-Hamas war right now. We know that they are driving uh, the Hamas uh, terrorist organization. They are financing it. They are moving the strategy daily, uh, as well as the tactics. Why is Iran not even mentioned by this administration? Uh, because if strategically, as uh, Lloyd Austin likes to speak, strategically, big thinkers, big words, uh, strategically, one has to, I think, include uh, these the nation state for whom all of this is but proxy. Uh, Iran needs to be confronted and be dealt with on this issue. It, it seems to me there is no escaping that. You're absolutely right about that. Um, and if we're going to think strategically and even with more context, we'd have to include China in that as well, because China has been supporting Iran um, diplomatically from a propaganda point of view, um, and also from an economic financial lifeline point of view, which means that Iran could not support its proxies, the three terrorist groups, without the support from Beijing. Just to give you an example of this, um, in the first nine months of this year, 
Um, China's purchases of Iran's oil was 60% above that in the comparable period in 2017. 2017 is relevant because that is the last year before the Trump administration reimposed sanctions on Iranian oil, which means that China right now is violating sanctions. The Biden administration is not doing anything about it. Matter of fact, U.S. diplomats have been told not to mention Iran um, because um, they're, they're, our Gulf Arab friends are, are just perplexed by this. But U.S. diplomats have been warned off of talking about this broader issue, which you're highlighting right now, which is Iran fueling the attacks. Mentioning Iran's interest in the Middle East, are we seeing a new level of expansionary ambitions in the Middle East on the part of China? Absolutely. Um, we have seen, for instance, um, uh, well, if I may go back, um, President Trump had the most successful Middle East policy of any American president after FDR, who stitched together the deal with Saudi Arabia and created this friendship. The Abraham Accords are historic. Um, they would have won an American president a Nobel Prize if his last name weren't Trump. Um, and what Biden has done He's taken down, basically undermined the Abraham Accords and supported um, Iran. China has seen this as an opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. They put together that temporary deal between uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran, um, and they are now courting the Gulf Arab states, the other states of the Gulf Cooperation Council. So, yes, China believes it can take over the region uh, to the exclusion of the United States. That's clear from what they're doing. And also, they're starting to elbow their friends, Russia, out of the region as well. It, it is remarkable what this this administration, this regime uh, is doing and where it leads. I, I don't think uh, we can contemplate without thinking about serious, serious setbacks for the United States, not just in policy, but in uh, in, in terms of world standing. We're talking with Gordon Chang. We're coming right back. Uh, please stay with us here on The Great America Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back now with Gordon Chang. And Gordon, we were talking about President Biden, uh, his policies and, and his standing now, uh, where he has bollocked up Asia, the Middle East, Ukraine. We're running out of territory for him to, to foul. Uh, your thoughts on his standing now uh, globally? 
Well, there's been a collapse in America standing globally. Um, President Trump left a world in peace. Biden inherited that um, when he took office. And since then, we have seen catastrophes. There was the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan in August of 2021. That, I believe, convinced Putin that he could invade Ukraine. Um, we have heard from the Arab leaders privately that uh, the Biden administration's failure to deal with an Iranian attack on uh, Bahrain forces um, about three weeks before the October 7th attack convinced Iran that now was the time to move because they, they saw the Biden administration not only failed to act um, when um, an Iranian proxy attacked Bahrain forces, um, but they also failed to say anything at all. So um, that's, you know, the October 7th war could have been avoided. And then another catastrophe is North Africa, where China and Russia are fueling insurgencies across uh, North Africa um, that look like wars. So um, we have a world that, that is falling apart and it fell apart on Biden's watch due to Biden's policies. We're watching a 2,000-mile-long border that's been handed over to the Mexican drug cartels, which means it's also being turned over to uh, to China, uh, who are their strategic partners, the, both the government of Mexico and the cartels, their strategic partners. And Venezuela uh, now uh, rearing uh, its uh, its ambitions and and being very threatening to Guyana. Give us give it your thinking on why there's no seemingly uh, Biden policy for the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, this is this is where it hits home, Lou. Um, on the first point you raised, which was our open southern border, we're seeing uh, coming across that border um, some very suspicious individuals. There are, for instance, packs of Chinese males in groups of five to 15 of military age, traveling without family members, pretending not to speak English. U.S. Border Patrol knows that some of these Chinese individuals have links to the Chinese military. And the question is, why are they coming here? And I'm worried that they are saboteurs. Remember that lab in Reedley, California, that mm -hmm. secret Chinese biological weapons facility had at least 20 pathogens, according to the official count, and had almost a thousand mice that had been genetically engineered to spread disease. I can't believe that that's the only such facility in the U.S. And I think that the males that are coming across our border are going to link up with those facilities. We also know um, there are Syrians and Venezuelans um, coming across who appear to have um, very, very dangerous ties. So this is an open season on the United States. And just one more other thing about terrorists. As a part of that um, September 11th deal that Biden had with Iran, where we released hostages and unfroze $6 billion, mm -hmm. as a part of that, um, Biden issued clemency to Iranian operatives who were not sent back to Iran. They were actually released into the United States. And this is important because there are actually low-level Trump officials who still have Secret Service protection because there is a threat that Iran might assassinate them. So this is just, um, there are no words to describe what's going on. With regard to Guyana and Venezuela, on Sunday, Venezuela held a referendum. Um, about 95% of the people in Venezuela said that the government should annex two-thirds of Guyana 
their neighbor to the east. That's an oil-rich, mineral-rich area. Um, the, answer, the reason why this is important is not only because it's the Western Hemisphere, but it's also, I believe, another symptom of the collapse of Biden policy, because Venezuela would not threaten to uh, militarily invade a neighbor if it thought it could, you know, they wouldn't do this unless they thought they could get away with it. They couldn't get away with this under President Trump, um, but they're thinking that right now American policy is in collapse. I hope Venezuela is just posturing. One can make an argument that this is just huff and puff, but the point is they are threatening to um, invade their neighbor. And and for what purpose? Uh, it, there just seems to be no strategic, uh, logical, rational uh, reason for them to, to be uh, threatening uh, in this way. Because they can, I suppose. Uh, I mean, there has been a territorial dispute between Guyana and Venezuela that is goes back um, um, more than 100 years, I think. Um, and the question is, why is it becoming such an issue now? I think the answer is because they see American policy is in collapse. They don't believe the United States can maintain peace and stability around the world like we did up until um, Biden became president. And the world is now falling apart. You know, we've got wars and potential wars all over the place right now. And this reminds me of what happened in the 1930s, where, you know, we had separate wars that eventually merged into what we now know as the Second World War. Well, we've got the same situation right now. And um, I just um, concerned that these conflicts are going to merge into a much bigger um, global uh, fight. So this is the Biden administration is not prepared. And and Lloyd Austin is certainly not prepared to deal with this because he's much more worried about diversity and stuff like that. And one can say that, you know, issues of diversity are important. I don't. I think right now we have to emphasize unity because we have common enemies and those enemies mean us great harm. They mean to take away our country. And so we need to be united as a people to confront this. Well, Gordon, uh, thank you for saying that. And I wholly support you in those sentiments and agree with you 100 percent. And as always, it's been an instructive discussion. We thank you so much for bringing your insight, your knowledge and your wisdom to uh, to what is uh, a lamentable uh, American foreign policy at this this moment in history. Thanks, Gordon Chang. God bless you. Thanks, Lou. And God bless you. Our guest here tomorrow on The Great America Show is the great Steve Bannon. We take up Speaker Johnson's failures this year and what kind of success Steve Bannon expects. Please join us for that and much more each and every day on The Great America Show. Follow me on Twitter and True Social at Lou Dobbs, on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. Thank you, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless America. America.